All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the CV Update. As usual, we had another week packed with sports events, including the Bruins beginning their playoff run tonight against the Washington Capitals, the Patriots and the release of the 2021 NFL schedule, the Red Sox continuing their strong play in the Celtics situation. And we'll get to that. We'll just leave it at that. But we will cover all of that today. And joining me as usual is my co-host for this week again, Ujan Talukdar. Ujan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's good to be back again. Yeah, uh, three weeks in a row, right? Yeah, for sure. It's good to be back, like I said. Yes, absolutely agree. And additionally, joining us this week is my good friend, Joe Salisbury. Joe has contributed to some of my blog posts in the past, and he is a big Packers fan and a Celtics fan. And Joe, what are your baseball teams and hockey teams again? I just, I don't remember, but welcome, Joe. Uh, hi, Marty. Thank you for bringing me on the show. Uh, my baseball teams are the Cleveland Indians and Oakland A's. And as far as hockey, I uh, I prefer the Islanders. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's cool. Well, they're a good team too. But anyways, let's start with the Bruins right now. And they obviously begin the series against the Washington Capitals. And this is probably like the series that kind of has like the most intrigue, right? Because you have Tom Wilson and everything he did to Brandon Carlo. He's just like a, such a dirty player in general. But this is a two teams that don't like each other. Like they generally don't like each other. So that's probably what makes the series so intriguing, right, Ujan? Yeah, most definitely. Um... It's a shame that it had to happen in the first round. I, I, but although it just feels like even if it weren't in the first round, it was going to happen in the second round or maybe even later. Obviously not the Stanley Cup final. But like like you said, it's going to be both teams just hate each other. They don't want to do anything with each other. The, the regular season games were have been quite interesting, to say the least, when it comes to Bruins and Capitals. And now we just can't wait for... I just, I personally can't wait for the, the series to start off tonight. Joe, what do you think? Like, who do you think has the edge in the series? Uh, I think it's very close. Uh, both these teams have succeeded in the playoffs in recent history in terms of getting to the cup final. I think both, I and mean, as well, both these teams have uh, pretty much their, their central nucleus of players and goaltending still in place. I uh, I like the uh, Bruins, though, because of Tuka Rask. I think he's playing well lately. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to come down to Rask, or if Rask struggles, is Swayman, is this his opportunity now to really shine and take over, like, from Rask? Like, obviously, we've heard, like, rumors that Tuka could be ending, like, nearing the end of his career, potentially, and retiring after the season. So, is this, like, Swayman's chance to really shine and step up? Like, obviously, Rask is going to be your goaltender to start game one, and hopefully he does, uh, he's, he's your goaltender for this whole series, but Ujad, can you see a situation where Swayman comes in and takes the job away from Rask? I could, but it seems to be a little too early for Swayman. After all, it's it's his rookie year. I would really feel bad to see to see Swayman just come in and try to relieve Rask after a horrible start. Say they're down 0-2 going into game three, and then you throw Swayman in there. It, it, if if that happens, it kind of seems as though Bruce Cast would may be making a little bit of a panic move that like, oh yeah, we need to make some change and hopefully this works kind of thing. I just don't really see that happening. Rask has the playoff experience. Yes, he hasn't won a Stanley Cup, but 
he's been to two Stanley Cup final runs. So I think you have to have Rask in this situation. And like for Washington now, it's a little different, right? Because it used to be Braden Holtby, but he's no longer the goalie. Like who's the goalie now for Washington again? It's uh, what's his name? Oh, boy, me, I'm not. I think it's uh, I I couldn't tell. I mean, there have been so many games where they've just been uh, switching up their goalie. Um, we'll, we'll just ultimately we'll just have to see when the puck drops tonight. But we'll have to just look into that. Um, well, wow, yeah, they have actually. I think there's a reason we don't know who the goalie is. They actually haven't announced it yet. I mean, there's Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, former Ranger. There's a Vitek Vanacek. I think maybe he's the starter because Lundqvist is kind of on the decline. Joe, like, who do you think will be the goalie for the Capitals tonight among like their possible choices? Uh, I think it would probably between those two have to go to Lundqvist with his playoff experience. He has a Stanley Cup run. Not victory. Yeah, but 2014, run. right against the with the Rangers against the LA Kings. LA Kings. Uh, he's had several other deep playoff runs. I think you have to turn to the veterans here, uh, and that that will ultimately uh, allow them to, to have some consistency in the net. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I mean, let's do a. And also, like, one other thing I just want to do before we go into the predictions for the series, and I'm going to have to, hopefully all of us can give our unbiased predictions, but, uh, I mean, I know who we all, I mean, at least, at least Ujan and I probably will want the Bruins to win. Joe, I don't know, are you cheering for the Bruins or are you cheering for the Capitals this series? I, in this case, I will be cheering for the Bruins. Definitely, uh, definitely have, uh, if they're not my favorite team, I generally do prefer New England teams over most other teams, and this is the case here. All right, I got to interject on that. It's Super Bowl 52. You were shooting for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? I'm just messing with you there. In mo- most cases, Marky, in most cases. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I cheered for good. the Patriots on the first uh, several Super Bowls. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just messing with you there. Okay. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. It's oh, not man. good. No, it's just, okay, so, yeah, I just wanted to bring up Ujan. Like, Taylor Hall, he has been awesome since the Bruins gone from the Sabres. It's almost like you leave that horrible situation in Buffalo, like the worst team. You get put in a, on a team that actually needs you to actually play well to win, and it seems like they've just unlocked him. And do you think this is, like, someone now, like, would you resign him in the offseason? Because he is a free agent. Like, do you actually, like, buy that this is, like, a, the real Taylor Hall from this point onward that you've unlocked him? Or do you think that this is just sort of a flash in the pan and, like, next season if you give him, like, a good contract a nice contract he'll go back to being kind of the underachiever that sort of like he has that reputation of being right uh, i think we need to no i think the bros need to resign him it's that simple the the chemistry he has with david Krejci on that line oh my goodness that i think that's just changed the way uh Bruce Cassidy has won. Yeah, exactly. No, I like that a lot. Like, definitely, I've seen that a lot. Him and Krejci have a terrific... I mean, you've seen that Krejci kind of was, like, struggling a bit, right? And now Krejci seems like a different player, too, right? So... Yeah, and and plus, not just uh, them two, but Craig Smith has also been scoring, too. He got his hat trick uh, earlier this season, and that was after the Taylor Hall trade. I just wanted to point out that the Taylor Hall goal against the Islanders in overtime on a... Earlier this week, oh my goodness, I was watching that on repeat so many times. It was so good. Oh, man.
Joe, that must have been a little tough for you, right? Seeing that Taylor Hall goal against the Islanders. Yeah, the uh, they they just it for the Islanders. They have had a lot of issues uh, in the late stretches of games, and I and I think that ultimately will hold them back a bit in these playoffs. Yeah, we shall see. But I guess now let's give our unbiased picks on who we think will win the series. I guess, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'll go with the safe pick, Bruins and seven. I think this is going to be like a back and forth series between two very good teams. It's going to be very chippy. Like There's going to be a lot of fights, a lot of like that going on. I think the Bruins, oh, I got to go with just, it will be like game seven. And at that point, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. If, oh, Bruins and seven and game seven goes to OT. Taylor Hall scores the game winner. How about that? Ujan, what's your pick? I'm going to, like you, I'm going to go Bruins and seven. Remember one thing. The Bruins went to Washington twice earlier this season. I think it was before the trade deadline. They were down three goals in each game. And I, I know one game they won 5-3. I don't remember the other I one. I think they lost the other one, but it was in overtime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, that was. They lost 4-3 in overtime. So they show that they can compete with Washington before the trade deadline. Now I think the Bruins are even better. So maybe they're going to – I think they're going to win in seven – uh, it seems as though we might steal one either tonight or game two and then Washington split. And then there's another split in Boston games three and four. And it's going to be alternate uh, five, six and seven Bruins winning games five and then ultimately game seven. So I think that's, that's what I'm, that's what I see. Happening. All right. Yeah. No. So Bruins and seven, Joe, what's your pick? I like the Bruins and six. I think, Game six is uh, is where they win it. They because they they would be playing game six at the Garden. I think they could steal one in Washington, and I I definitely think that they have a clear goaltending advantage, which makes all the difference in the postseason. I do think that Washington is tough with their with their front line Ovechkin, of course, Oshie, but but Boston has so many weapons on their first couple of lines that I think they will be able to overcome everything that Washington throws at them offensively. Okay, so I have Bruins and seven. Ujan also has Bruins and seven. Joe has Bruins and six. So all of us expect the Bruins to win the series. All right. Anyways, let's uh, move on to the Red Sox now. Just a quick segment. Obviously, they've been continuing to play well, kind of defy expectations. The Yankees are kind of slowly starting to creep up on them in second place. But as of now, I'm, I've been happy with the way the Red Sox have played. Like yesterday, a nice win against the Angels. Like you give up the lead. It's 2-1. You give up two runs in the seventh inning. It's 3-2. Bobby Dahlbeck, he's kind of been struggling this season a little bit. Like he isn't really hitting for the average. He had a big two-run home run, and the Red Sox win that game 4-3. And also, I like that win against the Athletics on um, Thursday. Like uh, the Athletics are a very good team. They win the first two at Fenway, and then you beat them 8-1. to Garrett Richards, he has been very good since that like slow start and high and bloom the gm i gotta give him credit now like i mean he seems like a lot except for franchi cordero i think that guy is horrible and should not be on the roster but besides that like nick pavetta garrett richards who else like i mean all these guys like they've sort of gone after and like they and oh garrett whitlock the guy they got from the yankees the rule five reliever they've all been pretty good for this team and i like the way the red sox are trending right now i mean they're trending upward i mean they're still they're a very resilient team which I like to see. I, I always like to see teams that are sort of resilient, don't bow down to adversity. They actually embrace adversity. And I think that this is what this team sort of looks like right now. So like, I don't know, Ujan, like obviously we talk about every week, like if 
this team like is for real. Like I, I think they are like genuinely like a team that will compete for like a wild card spot at least. I think at this point I can say they're a contender. I don't know if they're a real World Series contender because that's still several months down the road. But everything they've shown me right now is that they are a good team and they should be considered like a, a real team like right now. They should be respected as one. Most definitely. Um, I think they have a real shot at winning the division. Uh, at least I've it's shown to me at least the last few weeks it seems as though they at least have a shot at winning the division i know the yank the i don't think the red sox have played the yankees yet so i think that's what the test that's when the real test I, at least to me will come because the yankees have their star power and john carlos Stanton, aaron judge and they generally have pretty good pitching and you know the red sox yankees rivalry those always get get those always get heated don't they um yeah, whether it's a rod or veritech or uh Joe Kelly and uh, what's that guy's name? Tyler, I forgot his name. He's Tyler from, Austin, I think. Yeah, Tyler Austin from 2018. Like it's always something. But Joe, um, I don't know. What do you? What's your thoughts on this Red Sox team? Like, do you think this is the real deal, or do you think this is like a mirage? I I genuinely think that they're the real deal. I think uh, what we've seen in the past 15 to 20 years is each time the Red Sox fall a little bit. Their, their front office just picks them up very quickly, year or two, and they're back on the incline. And I, I, I agree with what you guys were saying about pitching. They have all of their starting pitchers that have, have pitched a significant number of games have a reasonable ERA, three to four. And that, that's where you want to be nowadays. Most pitchers are not in the the two or low three ERA anymore. It's just, it's a different league. There's a lot more home runs. So I I think that they they are definitely a contender, at least so far, if they can stay healthy, of course. Yeah, no, I agree. They are actually playing right now. They're up one nothing against the LA Angels. They're playing again. The Angels today, Martin Perez is up on the mound for the Red Sox. Um, He's been okay. Like the overall like rotation, I think the one thing that kind of does a little little bit worry me is like are they like do they really have like a real ace on that roster like that I mean obviously if Chris Sale is healthy then that's not a question but he's like I don't know if he'll be pitching for them this season and like Garrett Richards like obviously he was one like six seven years ago but can he like consistently become that ace type guy um Nathan Navaldi I don't I think at best he's really like a three starter like that's what we're sort of seeing out of him um and then I guess who else is there like Perez is okay at best so that's the thing that sort of like makes me wonder and Erod I guess Erod is sort of the one that kind of is like the wild card if he can actually kind of consistently be like your best pitcher and I mean he's shown at times that he can do that but we'll have to see what happens but I don't know Ujan like so so what so where are you seeing them now wild card like division or like do you think that this team is like how far do you see this team going now I think it's gonna I think it's either gonna be a division or a wild card uh, you were talking about the pitchers I would say Nick I would add Nick Pavetta to that oh, one. yeah Pavetta's been awesome yeah yeah but do you like I, I mean, yeah no I think he's really good yeah I was going to say that last, I mean, he may be undefeated now, but, and last night may not have been his best outing, but still it was, it wasn't terrible. Let Two me, runs allowed, right? That was it. Yeah. And I think one of them was a home run to Shohei Otani and it seems though everyone gives up a home run to Shohei Otani these days. Yeah. That's- I mean, he's been spectacular. Right? Like it's like kind of amazing. in like the modern day, we have a guy like, that who's like a pitcher and a hitter like who can do both of them simultaneously like, i don't know joe like doesn't he like i don't know isn't it kind of amazing at this like 2021 we're seeing a guy who's like 
legitimately drawing comparisons to like Babe Ruth, like in terms of like how he's like a dual threat? It, it really is. He, he generally, nowadays, you generally see specialization and, and guys are, are picking a position by, by high school and sticking to that area, or at least whether it's infield or outfield, and they might shift a little bit. But to have a guy who's pitching and, and hitting for power and average, it's, it's incredible. I agree. Yeah, no, it's been pretty remarkable. He's a truly special player to watch. So looking forward to seeing what he has to do. Though, of course, I hope today he and tomorrow he doesn't get any more hits and doesn't do any more damage with the Red Sox. But if he's playing the Yankees, please, every day, please have five hits for like three home runs. Don't care at all then. But yeah, that's our take on the Red Sox. Obviously, they've been continuing to play very well and let's hope that they continue to play well. Remember, after they started 0-3 against the Orioles, everyone, including me, including me, wrote them off. I thought that this team was toast and I am so happy to have been proven wrong because I want to see a competitive baseball team. I really don't like it when teams are just completely checked out. There's nothing to watch for and play for, especially in baseball. It is very hard hard to get invested into a baseball team if they are bad like that it's like other sports like it's just you don't have the motivation right like in football if your team is like 1 in 15 you're like oh we get the top pick like if you're a Jaguars fan you're like oh cool we got Trevor Lawrence the best pick in the draft but in baseball if you're like the worst team like you no one really cares that much about college baseball or knows the prospects so that's why I'm just glad that the Red Sox have a team that's enjoyable to watch right now and that's really all I can ask for especially after how 2020 went so let's see what happens with the Red Sox. But all right, now, guys, this is going to be the fun part. Today for the Patriots and the NFL, we're going to go to the NFL next. The NFL did release their schedule back on May 12th. And Joe, as a Packers fan, we will cover the Green Bay Packers schedule as well. But first, let's go through the Patriots' 17-game schedule. Yes, for the first time ever, we are going to have 17 regular season games. And there will be 18 weeks in the regular season. So we're going to cover the Patriots' schedule week by week and make our predictions and the way this will work guys this, this is how we're going to do it all right so i mean right now obviously there are going to be assumptions we don't know if cam newton will be starting a game or mac jones or jared stidham or i don't know who else but we don't know that so what we're just going to do is we're just going to make our picks and just sort of say like who do we think are going to win and i guess the way we'll make like our final decision is we have three of us so like whoever, like that will be sort of like the tiebreaker. If two of us pick a win and one predicts a loss, we'll go with the win, all right? That's how we'll sort of do it. Or we can just sort of generally give our picks for how it goes. So which format do you guys prefer? Do you guys prefer like sort of having a tiebreaker or all of us just giving our picks one at a time? Actually, I think the way, the way we can do it is for each game, each of us just gives our pick and that's how we'll just sort of go. Does that work for everyone? Yeah, let's just all give our picks, I think. Yeah, all right. Yep, okay. Sounds good. So let's start with the Patriots. So week one, once again, for the second straight year, they open at Gillette Stadium against the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to go with a win week one. It's going to be Tua versus Cam Newton. That's my pick. And I think they're going to win this game. I agree. Patriots win. It's, I think with this one, it's week one against Miami. Fans will be back in Gillette Stadium. I think it, I think that that's going to be like the, maybe not the 12th man, but It'll definitely give the Patriots a push. Week one win. All right, Joe. Agreed. Week one win for the Patriots. They've, they've added a lot of key players on the offensive end. I like their their two tight end acquisition there, John o. Smith and Hunter Henry. I think that gives them a boost offensively, and they can get over the hump against Miami. 
Awesome. Okay, so week two against the New York Jets. Zach Wilson will be the presumable like starter for that game for the Jets. So I'm going to go with the win too. It's going to be a rookie quarterback and Bill Belichick loves to face rookie quarterbacks. So I'm going to go with another win. They're going to start 2-0 this season. I agree to that. I'm presuming for, uh, I should uh, say that for all, for all the predictions for the Pats, I'm presuming that Cam Newton will be the starter. I think the Pats will go 2-0 and win against the Jets in New Jersey. Agreed. I think the Patriots will will be another rookie quarterback. I just think second week in the league playing against one of the greatest defensive masterminds that the game has to offer. He's he's probably in for a, a difficult day. And I so I'll pick the Patriots. Okay, so two and oh, all of us have them at two and oh so far. And week three, New Orleans Saints, no more Drew Brees. So it's either going to be Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. And to that, I'm going to say this is going to be like the first kind of like challenging week, I think, for the Patriots because Sean Payton is like a good mastermind. They still have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, but at home with a full crowd, Patriots again, 3-0. and And I think Cam will start this game still, but I'll, I'll say, that, yeah, I think Cam is going to start the season with, and they're going to go 3-0. They're going to beat the Saints. So 3-0 and start. Ujan, what's your pick? I agree. Three and zero. New Orleans will be different with without Drew Brees. It's going to be very odd to see New Orleans without Drew Brees. I've known is Drew Brees as a New Orleans Saints quarterback pretty much since I've started following football. So this is going to definitely feel weird. They still have. Oh well, trust me. I'm just saying one thing. If you think this week is going to be weird, wait till what happens next week. But we will get to that one. All right. All right. Okay. No spoilers. But okay. Go. Let's go. Yep, uh, but yeah, like you said, I think the Pats will win. I mean, they're at home, and they're. I think that it'll it'll come down to the fact that the Pats defense will uh, stuff uh, James Winston. Maybe it'll come down to like a last last drive or last play of the game kind of thing. I think this game is going to be close. I the the Saints have had a, a great team. Uh, especially defensively, that, that kind of had gotten overlooked because of Drew Brees. But I think just because they, they don't have uh, that kind of veteran starter anymore, I do think that the Patriots will walk away with probably about a three-point win here. Okay, so 3-0, and and I guess now week four. They're going to be facing the Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the quarterback of the Buccaneers is someone we all know very, very well. We've seen him many, many times over the years, especially in New England. It's Tom Brady. He's going to be returning to Gillette Stadium. And I don't know, like, this is going to be the first time I'm going to go with a loss. Like, they're not going to – Brady is going to – I think it's going to be a close-ish game. Like, I don't – but I think Brady is just going – I mean, that Buccaneers team, like, the defense is – really good their offense is loaded like everything about them Brady is going to I think it'll be like I don't know like maybe like 24 21 it will be a close game but I think Tampa is going to win this game but it's going to be close but I'm that's where I say three and one to start the season and Brady beats all 32 NFL teams he joined Peyton Manning and I think Drew Brees and Brett Favre as the only quarterbacks to beat all 32 teams in the league so yeah I have the Buccaneers winning week four I do too. I kind of put this down as a little like I was unsure about this, but I think uh, it's it's going to be very emotional. Let's say considering Brady's returning to 
Gillette Stadium, at least to say the least. Um, but Tampa's offense and defense are really good, and they showed that in their playoff run last season. So I think it's just going to be a little bit too much. They haven't lost any pieces, so it's going to be pretty much the same team. So I think it's going to be a Tampa Bay win, but it'll be close. Yes, that that defense is is vicious. They uh, they get after the quarterback. They create turnovers, and and what we saw from Cam Newton last year is not indicative of someone that can overcome that defense on enough drives to to get past the Buccaneers. Uh, and even even with the crowd helping them out. I don't think that the Patriots' defense will be able to slow down Brady quite enough to make to make an impact. I'm picking the Buccaneers. Okay, so three and one, and this is also a Sunday night football game. So we had the, their first primetime game. All right, so three and one, that's still pretty good. And then they play uh, Week Five, uh, Houston Texans. Um, I'm going to go with the win. I don't know if Deshaun Watson will be starting that game or what will be going on. But um, I'm, I know last year they lost to Houston, but I think this year they're going to beat Houston. So, and I think this game is, I mean, it's in Houston for the third straight year. Like they're going to be in Houston, but I think they're going to win this game. So I will go with four and one. I'm, I'm actually going to go four and one as well. But the, yes, we lost to Houston last year, but that came down to, it was a one score game and they had a chance to um at least tie the game late on. I'm not talking about the Hail Mary. I'm talking about the fourth down misconversion. So at least they kept it pretty close. And the way it was going, the Pats should have won that game if they kept held, if they were just still with the, if they stuck to the running game, if memory serves me correctly. So I had a terrible run defense and they, and Damien Harris scored a touchdown, like on the first drive. And I'm like, okay, they're going to run over Houston and they start passing. And I'm like, why are you passing the ball? Like when Damien Harris could probably have like 150 yards, if you you had used them correctly, that was such a frustrating game. Yeah, I agree. Um, But maybe Bill Belichick learned his lesson this time. I don't really see Houston's run defense that much better than last season. After all, Houston was what a four win team last year. Yeah, that was with Deshaun Watson. Now they probably don't have Deshaun Watson next year. Or, like, I don't know what the situation is, but, like, I don't think but I'm – Even with – even with if they have Deshaun Watson, who does he have to throw the ball to? It's not like they have – they don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. But Will Fuller was doing pretty good, but then he got suspended. So that's literally their team right now. They have Philip Lindsay. So that's, it's a bad roster. It's a pretty bad roster. New coaches there, too. It's a mess there. So I'm going to go with – yeah, they're going to go four and one. I agree. Joe? Yeah, I, I agree with, with most of what you guys are saying. I, I think, uh, especially considering the not only the uncertainty at the quarterback position, but the, the turnover at the head coaching position, this team just has, has too many issues to resolve right now. New England wins it. Okay, so so far it's been pretty much all of us agree on everything. Interesting. I mean, it's fine. I mean, we all like, I mean, four and one, it's not a, it's a pretty decent schedule to start off the season, I must say. So, yeah. And then week six, they play the Dallas Cowboys, first time since 2019. This is going to be an interesting game. And, you know, like, I mean, it's going to be a tough one. Like, Dallas has a pretty good offense. Dak Prescott should be back from his injury. Mike McCarthy, he's a solid coach. Joe, I know you know him well, and you are not always the biggest fan of him. Or actually, no, it wasn't someone else, another Packers fan friend who wasn't the biggest uh, fan of them mix, always. Mix, <laughs> mixed results for Mike McCarthy. Super Bowl winner, 
appreciate that. But some of his uh, late game, close game management, uh, as you know, uh, certain NFC championship game in Seattle, for instance, uh, not, not too good. Yeah. But anyways, I don't know. This is going to be a tough one. Like, I mean, you have Amari Cooper, um, Ezekiel Elliott is still there. CD lamb. They have a, they should have an improved defense, but we'll see about that. Um, I don't know. This is gonna be a tough one. Like, um, you know, I'm gonna, I guess I'll just be the guy, like I'll say Cowboys win this one. So four and two. I'm going to go Patriots win. So this is, I guess this will be the first one where we disagree on. I think um, considering the 2019 game, the Pats defense really won that game for uh, at least won the game for the team. 13 to nine, right? It was like a very, yep, it was 13 to nine. Um, I think the difference was a blocked punt and which led to a touchdown. It's not like the offense drove down the field and so many times and, and punched it in the end zone. So, Nikhil Harry, right, who scored that touchdown, if I remember correctly, I believe Nikhil Harry was the one who scored that the one touchdown of the day for the Patriots that day. It was actually the one touchdown of the game because Dallas had three field goals and New England had two field goals of that touchdown by Harry. So, yeah, no, that was a pretty very weird. Yeah, it was a very rainy day. You're right, Joe. I remember it was like from it was like November of 2019. So, yeah, no, I mean, I'll go with Dallas. Like, I mean, I think Dallas is like. Probably, I mean, aside from Tampa, like that's going to be like the next best roster you face, and they have a good, very good offense. And I'm just not sure if Cam Newton's going to be able to keep up. Though I guess if the defense does like uh, harass like the Cowboys' offense enough, then I think things could get interesting. But I'll go with Dallas for this week. I know Ujani, you're sticking with the Patriots. That's fine. Like I hope you're right. And Joe, what's your pick? I'm going to go with the Cowboys in a close one, but it all hinges upon the the mobility of Dak Prescott coming off of this injury. If he's if he's not able to scramble like we're used to seeing from him, I do think that the New England pass rush, uh, especially with a, a key addition in the draft of Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma, I think they will be able to get to him. But if he's at close to 100%, I like the Cowboys with all of their their speed, C.D. Lamb, Zeke Elliott. So I'll, I'll pick the Cowboys. Amari Cooper. I forgot about Michael Gallup. And yeah, they have a pretty good offensive line still. Their defense is like a it's a, a lot of turnover has been made. They drafted Micah Parsons in the first round. So yeah, I think Dallas wins this game, but it will be close. I do agree, but it will be a close game. So okay, so Joe and I have them at four and two. Ujan, you have them at five and one. That's good. And now week seven, they play the New York Jets again. I don't. This is at home. And Zach Wilson will be starting again. Patriots win this game. They're playing the Jets. The Jets are still a pretty, I don't think they're going to be a great team. So yeah, I have them at five and two after week seven. I'm winning against the Jets again. So they sweep that series. Yeah, I got the Pats winning that. Bill Belichick loves when rookie quarterbacks come to Gillette Stadium. I don't think, I, I thought there was somewhere where I read that no rookie quarterback has won at Gillette Stadium uh, when under a Bill Belichick coach Patriots team, or maybe there's one. I can't remember. Yeah, I think there's, I think that sounds right. Like, I mean, I think honestly, the only quarterback I could think of in recent memory as a rookie who beat the Patriots in recent memory is a Tua last year. Um, he beat the Patriots in uh, Miami. Like when the Patriots were in Miami, that second game, Tua was a starter. So he was a rookie and he won that game. I think Geno Smith may have also done that in 2013, but that was a long time ago. When yeah, also the, when the Jets. I was going to say that those are both, Oh, those are in New York and Miami, not in Gillette. This one's in Gillette. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. No, you're right. You're right. That's what I'm saying. Like I can the only two quarterbacks in recent memory who've even had success against him were on the road. And that's all that's those are the guys I can think of. So yeah. I mean, I'm gonna so I'm going with a win there, five and two. Joe, um, who are you picking? I think at this point in the year, Zach Wilson is going to have his feet uh, a little bit more wet, as they say. He'll he'll start to get into a rhythm. Uh, I think that the Jets have a, a good new head coach, Robert Sala. They'll I and I believe they'll be trending in the right direction. But something again about playing against the Patriots. Uh, I remember Sam Darnold seeing Ghost's comment. And I, I think that the Patriots will win this one still. Yeah, I agree. I, I do like the Jets uh, head coach. Salah seems like a pretty smart guy. I mean, he's the 49ers defensive coordinator when they got to the Super Bowl. I mean, that was like that was the calling card for that 49ers team, that in the run game. So yeah. Okay, so five and two. John, you have them at six and one. So now they play the LA Chargers. Obviously, last season, very interesting game. Patriots won their 45-0. Once again, they returned to SoFi Stadium to play the Chargers. I don't think it's gonna be 45-0. And but, I mean, I don't know. The Chargers have a, an interesting team, but, you know, like, I just feel like there's always something about that team that just, they find a way to choke and blow games. So I'm going to go with a win again in L.A. So they're going to be 6-2 and two now after eight weeks. Ujan, who are you picking? I got the Pats going 7-1. and one. It's going to be another win at SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. Uh, I think Justin Herbert it will have a year one to year two improvement, though. Um, and especially when they have a new coach, and I think it's Brandon Staley from the Ram, the Rams defensive coordinator. Yep, yep. Staley. Yep. Plus they have, um, they added an offensive lineman to protect Justin Herbert in the draft. So I think the, uh, Herbert will have a much better game against the Pats. The special teams was also the problem. You remember like that blocked field goal, they had a punt return allowed to Gunnar Olszewski. And then he had another one that was like negated because of like a penalty by the Patriots. So like, the Chargers special team, did they improve that? Because they can improve everything on Herbert's side. <laughs> they don't improve their special teams. The Patriots are once again going to have a, have a field day, right? They would, but it's it's special teams and defense, too. I mean, I think Brandon Staley, like I said, he was a defensive coordinator of the Rams, so I think he'll get the defense short, so, sorted out. And so it really will come down to the special teams. Um, it's not really like the kicker or punter or anything. It's just more of like these tic-tac. I remember there was like a 12 men on the field on a fourth and five, five-yard penalty, first down kind of thing. Like, it's really just like kind of game management, if you will. Yeah, this will be a reunion game for Hunter Henry. He returns to the Chargers. So that will be interesting. But Joe, what do you – so, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. So, like, I'm just going to note this. Like, Joe, give your pick. But, like, I mean, I have them at six and two. You have them at seven and one. So the, we, have, we have the that, – I mean, that's not just like a really good team. That's like the, one of the best teams in the NFL good. So we with Cam Newton or Mac Jones, we have them at six and two and seven and one. That's like a top team in the NFL, uh, which is like that's kind of noteworthy to, to think of. So we have pretty high expectations for this team, just worth noting, like, which is interesting to see. Just like a seven and one team, like if you'd say someone's seven and one after eight games, you're like, this is like the, one of the best teams in the NFL. This is like a Super Bowl contender. So that's just something worth noting. Joe, what are you picking? Who are you picking for this game? Right. I and I think that they this sched, this early half of the schedule is is definitely conducive to them picking up a lot of early wins. But and there also is the, the 45 nothing drubbing that they they handed the Chargers last year. But there was just this is this will be a different game. That game, it just got out of hand for the Chargers. I don't see that happening this year. They'll they'll have fans in the seats at SoFi. And, and something about West Coast trips, 
can can just trip up an East Coast team. I'm going to pick the San Diego, rather LA Chargers in this one. They uh, Justin Herbert is, well should have uh, an improvement, and and I like them in this one. Okay, so five and three. I mean, I'll still take that if that's what happens. So I'm okay. So that's good, Joe. You have him at five and three. I got him at six and two. Ujan, you have him at seven and one. So okay. So now um, week nine, Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold is the presumable starter. I'm gonna go with a win here. Like I don't think, I think the Panthers are that much better at this point. Like Darnold, like Belichick loves facing Darnold, and unless like he sees a drastic improvement, I know it's on the road, and this will be an interesting one, but. I'm going to go with the win here. So seven and two, they're going to win against the Panthers. This, this is going to be a pretty big win. Yeah, this is a, this should be noteworthy in the sense that if Cam Newton is the starter by this point, it's his return to Carolina. Oh, revenge but, game. He got released for Teddy Bridgewater. So this is going to be a motivating game for him too. Yeah, I didn't, I forgot about that completely. So yeah. Um, I think, like I said early on, I'm presuming for all 17 games that Cam Newton will be the starter. So I'm going to go with a Pats win, Cam Newton. Uh, I think the thing with Carolina is they don't really have a great run defense and their offense. I'm not so sure about maybe Sam Darnold will do well. Uh, they have McCaffrey, but like that's scenery. And they have Robbie Anderson. They have decent players, but it's not like a great roster overall. McCaffrey's the best running back in the league. Yes. But like the whole team around him is like kind of like whatever. Like I'm pretty sure for that game, like Belichick just go stack the box against McCaffrey and make sure that he doesn't beat them. And then you force Sam Darnold to beat you. And if that happens, then so be it. But I think that's what they're gonna do. So okay, so you have them beating the Panthers then? Yes, I do. Eden one. Okay. One then. All right, Joe, what are you picking? I I think that Matt Rule. He has shown in the past, albeit in college, and I know there's there's a difference between college coaching and pro coaching. He's able to turn programs around, both uh, Baylor and I believe it was Temple before that. Yeah, Temple that's where I think he worked with uh, Robbie Anderson, right, at Temple? That, that sounds right. And, and, and both of those teams, he, they were one or two win teams in his first year and they they went up to being very competitive within their conferences by about year three or four so so i do think that the panthers will be trending in the right direction even despite playing in the same division as tampa bay which which makes it hard but but i just don't think they're there yet and i see the the patriots experience taking the day in this one New okay. England wins. So six and three. So, okay. Now week 10, Joe, your old guy, Baker Mayfield, a former Sooner. So old Sooner alumni. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm going to go with it. It's a home game against the Browns, but the Browns are an improved team. And I'm going to say they're going to lose this game. It's going to be a close one, but I think Cleveland is like kind of like, I mean, they're sort of like, people are saying that they're a Super Bowl contender. And I agree, like they have a really good roster this year. So I'm going to go with Cleveland winning this game. It's going to be a close one again. So I have the Patriots at seven and three. So, Ujang, who are you picking? I'm going to go Cleveland as well. Um, I think that that high-power offense of Cleveland, like, it kind of – they. I, I think we were all – I wouldn't say sold on them against Pittsburgh in that crazy wild-card game, but that kind of – but, like, going into KC, they had a shot against KC, 
if you if memory serves me I mean, well they only really had that chance because Mahomes went out because when Mahomes was in that game Kansas City was kind of running away with that right and then Mahomes leaves the game due to the concussion and then Cleveland has that chance then of course it came down to Chad Henney with that late game 14 yard run on third down to make it fourth and one and then Andy Reid trusted him to make that fourth and one pass to um, Tyreek Hill to seal that win so yeah, that was a pretty big like I don't know. That was an exciting game to watch. I, I think yeah, no, but I agree. Like Cleveland has a good roster. But even before that, um, there was that play where at least uh, I think it was Higgins who had the who was trying to yes, 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 and he lost the ball in the end zone and the exactly. The ball that that was bad. I think that would have changed the that that would have changed the game completely if he actually scored that or at least went out of bounds and Cleveland scores like the next in the ensuing player play yeah, give it to kareem hunt or nick chubb and that's like easy six points that's as easy as a guess like the best duo in the league so yeah i think it's gonna be a tough one the patriots run defense is also still sort of suspect and kareem hunt and nick chubb both of those guys are pro bowl caliber players so i expect cleveland to run the ball a lot in this game and the patriots run defense is still sort of suspect so yeah i have cleveland winning ujan has it and joe i can only guess what your pick is as a baker mayfield fan Right. There is that. I do have a question, though. Um, they, the, the odd thing with the Browns was it seemed like they, they played together better and Mayfield had a little bit more of a rhythm after o, Odell Beckham's injury. I think it had to do with the fact that he wasn't trying to force the ball to any one player uh, as he was when Odell was out there. So we'll have to see how they how they manage that this year, but I do think that with the Browns' uh, really stacked roster, I do think that they will be able to win this time in New England. But I do okay. think it will be close. Yep. Okay. So Joe, you have them at six and four. I have them at seven and three. Ujan has them at eight and two. All right. Okay. Just keeping track all right <clears throat> now we get to face our old friends the atlanta falcons who um blew a 28 to 3 lead we always have to say that when they play the patriots uh it's gonna be five years ago so they're gonna play the falcons on a thursday night <clears throat> excuse me and i think the game is in atlanta it's gonna be an interesting one like it's gonna be a thursday night game i'm not sure how i feel about this um if they lose to the browns do they lose in atlanta Matt Ryan's still there. You know, I'm going to go with the Falcons actually winning this game. Matt Ryan gets a little bit of uh, revenge against the Patriots for what happened five years ago. So you have another loss on a Thursday night. Just going to be a tough one. Or just losing to the Browns. You have to travel to Atlanta. So, yeah, I'm going to go with another loss, 7-4. and four. Still pretty good. Um, Here's the thing. It seems as though uh, last Thursday night, the last time we played on Thursday night, it was against the Rams, and that was a Super Bowl rematch per se. And the Rams won that one, and the Patriots won the won the bigger deal, the Super Bowl. Now the Patriots have, and here it's kind of like a similar situation, except the, with the Falcons, it seems as though they yes they have Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, but it's not the same Atlanta offense as it was in 2016. And while I do realize it's a Thursday night and it's gonna be a short week for both teams, I think um, it's I. I actually see the Pats pulling this one off and getting a win. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll take it. Uh, Joe, who are you picking? If I'm not mistaken, I read recently that the Falcons are thinking of trading Julio Jones this summer. And so that to me indicates that they are more or less planning on a rebuild and 
perhaps Matt Ryan only has a few years left as their starter. But but anyway, if and especially if they do trade Julio Jones, I think that limits their offensive capacity. Well, they still have Calvin and, Ridley, right? Like Calvin Ridley's become the number right. one offense, like option for that uh, team now. So, so Julio's kind of like I mean, he has like the name recognition still, but Calvin Ridley's like the guy who really emerged as their number one receiver, and he's like their real, like budding star now. Him, Kyle Pitts, like Matt Ryan, I have my doubts on how good he still is now. Like I don't think he's, I think he's really declined these last several years. But yeah, I, I think like Ridley's the main guy there now and he's still going to be there so that's what kind of concerns me because he's a he's a number one wide receiver now like he's like legitimately like a top receiver in this league right and they they do have uh as you said kyle pitts i think he is going to be pretty quickly emerging as a top tier tight end just his ability uh in college he he almost was like a wide receiver the way he could run routes and catch passes and and because of his size, he can also block. So so I like that acquisition, but I, I have concerns about the Falcons' run defense, and and the Patriots are are relatively deep at that position, and they've they've re-signed some key offensive linemen. So I like the Patriots to to ground and pound this one past the Falcons. Okay, so now Joe, we both have them at seven and four. Ujan has them at nine and two. Okay, that's good. So now, uh, week 12, Tennessee Titans, first time since that wild card game, which turned out to be Tom Brady's final game in a Patriots uniform. They're going to play them. And I, I'm going to go with a W here. Like, I think they've lost to the Titans long enough now. Um, two straight they've lost. And they're going to find a way to limit Derrick Henry. That is the Titans' offense at the end of the day. Like, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill to win them that game. It was, it was a Ryan Tannehill against the Titans for the Titans in that wild card win. It was, I mean, it was Derrick Henry had like that nice performance for sure. He was great. Like 182 rushing yards, I believe against the Patriots, that wild card game. But the real reason the Patriots lost that game was because their offense did nothing that game. It wasn't the Titans defense as much. It was the Patriots offense just fell flat. So I think this time the Titans, the Patriots are going to beat the Titans and they're going to do just enough and they're going to limit Ryan Tannehill and they're going to win this game. Eight and four after week 12. I'm going to have to disagree on this one. And the reason being, it seems as though Mike Vrabel has Bill Belichick's number. It, I mean, if you think about it, 2018, the Titans just blew the Patriots out of the stadium, like from the opening kickoff. And, and like you said, the last or wild card game, it it was close throughout until that last pick six, but like really the Pats should have had more than one touchdown. I remember that uh, they had the first and goal from the one yard line and they settled for a field goal. Like, like really you have to do that in the playoffs, but, and yes, the offense is different from, uh, from I guess, January, 2020, but it seems as though Tennessee's defense will keep the, will keep the, the, keep the Titans in the game. And I, I think Tennessee will pull this one off. Interesting. Okay. So nine and three, I've been at eight and four. Joe, who are you picking? I'm going to go with the Titans as well on this one. I, I think that, that Derek Henry, the, the Patriots, he, he's the kind of guy that can, can overcome seven or eight in the box and still have a good game. And, and that that's aided by their offensive line, of course. And, and I do think that Ryan Tannehill is a serviceable starter. 
and they have weapons on the outside. AJ Brown's great. So, so I and, and even with uh, not having John Smith, so he's playing against his former team here. Uh, I do think that the Tennessee Titans defense and and they'll that will that will carry them through this one. They'll get just enough from their offense to win a tight one. Okay. All right. So now week 13, they face the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. I think that's going to be a tough one playing in Buffalo. Buffalo is a real team now, Monday night, primetime game. Obviously, hopefully it's not as bad as what happened last year on Monday night against the Bills at home. But I'm going to go with the Bills this game. Um, I think the Bills are still a very good team. Josh Allen, I think they're going to be once again like a real contender in the league. But I think the Patriots are, as an improved team, will give them a much like bigger fight this time. So, uh, but I do have the Bills winning this game. So, yeah. So that's. Um... Yeah, I I think the Bills are going to win this game. It should be noted that last season, it was uh, had Cam Newton not fumbled the ball in the red zone, I think the Pats would have at least sent it to overtime or perhaps won the game. At least the way they were driving, um, I think that was the real shot at the for the Pats to at least steal uh at least steal a game per se maybe maybe it wouldn't have meant too much uh, later on down the road but it seems as though uh with an improved Pats team the defense will at least uh seem to at least have a chance to hold Josh Allen to lower statistics maybe but but that being said the Bills offense has a lot and I think considering how many times the Bills fans have seen the Patriots blow them out of Orchard Park. And I think uh, the Bills are going to win this one, especially, like you said, it's a Monday night. All right. So you have them at nine and four now. I have them at eight and five. Joe, who do you, who are you picking? I like Buffalo on this one too, especially at home. Bills Mafia, uh, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. Uh, I think it's just going to be too much to overcome. Uh, I, I see the Bills just outscoring the Patriots' offense. I do think that the Pats will will have success. The Bills showed at times last year that that they had some holes in, in the backside of their defense, but but ultimately, I see the Bills winning this one. Okay, so, yep, we all have them losing to the Bills. Then they have a bye week in week 14, pretty late. Then they face the Indianapolis Colts. This is going to be a tough one in Indianapolis. We're going to see Carson Wentz, Frank Reich, um, that Colts team, which is a pretty good team. So, I don't know. This is going to be a tough one. I'm going to have to say, like, this is probably going to have to be their signature road win of the season. They're going to go into Indianapolis and win that game. Like, they have to at this point if they want to have a shot at the playoffs. So, I guess 9-5. Um, and five. I mean, it's going to be a tough one, but I think they're going to come through and win in Indianapolis. Maybe the Colts help them out with another one of their fake punt specials. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with a Pats win here. It seems as though uh, if there's always one place that Belichick seems to like outside of the division. And to me, that's Indianapolis. Um, you, we talked about that game. Remember in 2014, where I guess it was the original Deflate Gate when Bray. Uh, I guess that it was it wasn't the original kind of Deflate. Yeah, the 2014 regular season game, right? When Gronk yeah. and uh, Sergio Brown got at it and stuff like that in the sideline. Yep, and, Gronk, and like, him. Yep. Right, and that was the game where Jonas Gray made like a one game appearance, and then oh yeah, 201 yards, and then he fell asleep, and then he never played again for the Patriots. Yeah. What a what a way to like. 
What a career to have, like 201 yards, and then you fall asleep, you miss practice, and then they just never play you again. Just classic Bill Belichick being brutal. Yeah, so I reckon that it's going to be a Pats win. I'm just not really sold on, like, Indianapolis's uh, run defense. Um, so this is this seems to be at least a shot where you could at least hand the ball off to Damian Harrison, and he'll do his thing. So I think it's going to be a Pats win, but it'll be close. Okay. Uh, Joe, who are you picking? I I have my doubts after last season about Carson Wentz. I know he's getting reunited with his, his former offensive coordinator here in Indianapolis, Frank Reich. But, but I, I still have concerns about his accuracy and just his, his general playmaking ability. So, so I do think that there is kind of a downgrade here from Phillip Rivers. So I'm not sure that the Colts will be what they were last year, a 10-6 and six team. I'm not sure that they, they're going to be quite as competitive this year. And, and I think given that, I like New England in this one. They're, I think their defense will, will maybe get a couple of takeaways, and that will win them this game by a score or two. Okay, so I have them now at nine and five. Uh, Ujan, what's your what's your record at this point? I think I have them at nine and five. Ujan, I got you ten have and four. Ten and four. Joe, are you eight and six then? I believe I'm eight and six. Yep. Okay. I mean, we'll take that. I mean, all of us basically have them exceeding last season's win total, and there still are three more games to go. That's a pretty successful season. But okay, now they play uh, Buffalo again, week 16. Um, this time it's going to be different. They're going to be at home. They're not going to get swept again. They're going to remember that Monday night loss and they're going to come away with a win this time. They're going to beat the Bills and they're going to get the split in this series. So they are going to beat Buffalo in the rematch. I agree. Um, it seems as though uh, the Pats, I mean, over the years, it seems as though the Pats have just loved to play the Bills apart from last year. Um, but it should be noted that last year, both games were played with no fans for either team. And it just seems as though this is one of those where like, if you have the, the crowd will seem to at least make a difference. And for me, the home team wins, uh, this, the home team wins the division series. Uh, so Buffalo wins in Orchard Park. And I think the Pats are going to win in Foxborough this time. Also worth noting that second game, the Monday night game, that that was like on the heels of the Patriots being eliminated from the playoffs. So who knows how like checked in the players were even for that game? Because at that point, the season's already over for them, right? And initially, that game was like semi-close, and then the Bills just sort of like late, sort of went on that run. And but at that point, like, it didn't really matter, right? It was embarrassing, but like who really cared at that point? And like the Patriots already knew their season was over. So like I think this time, like with something at stake, the team is going to really be, and they're going to remember this game. Like they remember like. The Patriots remember humiliating losses. Remember Kansas City in 2014? <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, I think the Patriots are going to win this rematch. And, yep, so, Joe, what's your pick? Yeah, I I think last year was kind of an aberration for the New England Patriots. And, and prior to that, you, you just don't see them lose meaningful football games when it gets cold at home. And I, I think that will hold true. I think they find a way to pull this one out, maybe by a field goal against Buffalo. 
All right. Okay. So 10 and five, Ujan, you got them at 11 and four. Joe, you have them at nine and six. Okay. So now, um, Joe, they're now going to be facing the guy I wanted, the, the future face of head and shoulders, Trevor Lawrence in the Jacksonville Jaguars week 16, or sorry, week 17. I wanted Lawrence, but unfortunately he's going to be in sunny Florida. His hair is going to be shining. He'll have it out every day. All that humidity, though, at Jacksonville, that's going to be hard on his hair. A lot of humidity there. Yeah, poor guy. And I don't think that, I think that's going to be the least of his worries in Jacksonville, <laughs> having the humidity. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think he's going to have to worry a lot about the incoming uh, pass rush and defenders he's going to have to be fielding and trying to avoid. It won't be like playing at Clemson, that's for sure. He, he won't have nearly as much time in that pocket. Yeah, probably not year one. Yeah, and as you as you can tell, I'm going to go with the Patriots winning this game. The Jaguars have completely fallen off the wheels since that 2017 season. Uh, Patriots are going to win this game, and they are going to win their, I guess, 11th game of the season. Yeah, 11th win of the season. So going to be 11-5 and five after 17 weeks. Uh, Ujan, who are you picking? I'm going to pick New England. Um, it should be noted that this game would be in Gillette Stadium. So I'm, I'm just not sure how used to the cold weather Jacksonville would be, especially with like Trevor Lawrence, considering where he played the SEC. With Clemson's like, in South Carolina, right? So it's still like decently like cold weather, right? But yeah, but it's like late in the seasons. This is, by this time, it'll be like January 2021. And maybe there, who knows, maybe it'll be snowing. It's obviously we can't, we're not going to be able to tell the, the weather in on May 15th for January, 2022, but it seems that, but I think maybe the cold weather might get to them um, unless it's uh, like some unseasonably mild day, but it, this is one of those where it's like a rookie quarterback in Gillette stadium and you know, Bill Belichick loves those. So that's when. I, I agree about the weather. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is from South Carolina, too, I believe. And, and so he's used to playing in the warm weather. The only time he's played in, in colder weather was when they traveled to Boston College. And those games, I believe, were in, like, October. So, so this, this may be the coldest game he's ever played in. So that, that'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how he handles just the – the cold in terms of his grip on the football, little things like that. But, but regardless of that, I do think that, that Jacksonville will improve this year a bit with Urban Meyer and Lawrence, but it just, it won't make a difference in this one. New England wins it. Okay. So 10 and six, 11 and I have, I'm Joe has them at 10 and six. I got them at 11 and five. Ujan, you got them at 12 and four, right? So now uh, week 18, the Miami Dolphins, the 17th regular season game, um, this is in Miami. Um, the Patriots usually have trouble winning in Miami in general. So um, besides 2019 and 2016 in recent memory. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Um, they'll probably still be a good team. And the Patriots never seem to be able to like win there for some reason, like consistently enough. So yeah, I have them at um, 11 and 6 to end the season. Um, Ujan, who are you picking? I was a little uh, unsure about this one uh, going in. Um, but I think here's the thing bill belichick knows like when they lost like from the season before like last year it was a loss in miami which ultimately eliminated them that that one loss confirmed their elimination from the playoffs um and usually but the year before they they smoked miami 43 nothing yes they were like the offense was 
on another level at that that day and never reached never was the same after that but it seems as though the the Patriots will want to end the season strong and have a point to prove. And though it seems as though they're going to have at least an above 500 record. So regardless of what we think there might, they'll probably have something to play for. And usually when that happens, they're going to pull off a win. So I think they're going to go for, go with a win. And I have them ending at 13 and four. That is, that would be one hell of a season. I haven't met 11 and six then. And Joe, what is your pick? I think that that they the trend continues. Not not that it happens every year, but just their their struggles, like you said, in Miami. And and I do think that that this this Miami team has improved quite a bit. They they kind of got uh, gypped out of the playoffs last year, considering their record. They really were a a wild card worthy team. It was like the week 17, right? They lost by like 30 to the bills. I think like 56 to 26 in like week 17. That was, that's what like did them in, in the end. Right. Cause they would have made the playoffs. I think. Otherwise. Right. That's right. That's right. And, and it, it's hard to fault them for that. Uh, Buffalo was playing for higher seating and, and Buffalo just in general is a, is a great team, but but I do think that, that with their improvement last year and they, they drafted well this year, playing at home and probably playing for a wild card spot again, I, I do think Miami pulls it out. And the okay, Patriots so finish 10 and seven. 10 and seven okay, which so 10 I think that should put them in the playoffs with the seven team format. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, last year eleven and five, like ten and six, wasn't good enough last year to make it. So I'm, I'm, yeah, but I have them at eleven and six. You got them at ten and seven, and Ujad has them at thirteen and four. So all three of us have an improvement over uh, the twenty twenty season. It should be Seven noted. Nine. I wanted to say one thing with the. It seemed they have a later uh, bye week this this season. Last year they had a pretty early bye week, so they were playing every single week. And I think it got to a point where. I don't know if it had to do with like the fact that they were maybe a little tired, um, but not, at least toward the end of the season and they couldn't exactly like, pull off the wins, maybe at least starting with the LA Rams game, like after winning 45, nothing. But now that with a later bye week, I can see them at least kind of uh, making a strong push to the finish this time. Let's see. And anyways, I mean, we were kind of like already overtime a little bit. So I don't, I would want, I don't want to, I can't go, I don't think we can go through all Packers 17 weeks. So I'm just going to ask you guys like quickly, like, so, I mean, sorry, we're not gonna be able to do a week by week Packers preview. That's going to take too much time. So instead I'm just going to say this improvised version. Let's uh, give the Packers a win loss record for the 2021 season. I'll start first. I still think Green Bay has a good roster. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to start. So I guess we can now do like if Rodgers is there, if Rodgers is there, since it's just a simple win loss record. If Aaron Rodgers is there, I have Green Bay going 13 and four. They still have Aaron Rodgers, the MVP, Devontae Adams. They're mad about what happened last season. They're going to still be a great team. I have them at 13 and four. If Aaron Rodgers is not starting and it comes down to Jordan Love or whoever or like they get a quarterback in a trade then i think it's going to be um then i think the quarterback then is going to be if it's jordan love i say like five and twelve it's going to be a rebuilding team if aaron Rodgers is not the starter Devontae adams was probably traded as well then so that's what my pick is ujan uh, what's your pick for green bay's record next season yeah so i actually had them listed out i had the games listed out at least then i was gonna do this well with aaron Rodgers as a starting quarterback and 
I had them going at 15 and two with the two losses looking at my notes being at Kansas city and then at Baltimore. Um, in terms of uh, if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, I don't exactly have a, like an exact record I could give you um, at least ready to go. But I, looking at the schedule here, I could see them losing, definitely losing to San Francisco, losing to Pittsburgh, I think, um, because I'm not entirely sure about their run defense. And then with Pittsburgh having Najee Harris, that, that could be definitely a game changer. And then at Chicago, Justin Fields in his for, uh, first time playing against Green Bay, I think, and it would be in Chicago. I could see at least the Chicago team like getting all hyped up for that. They have Seahawks, Vikings, Rams. They, they have a lot of teams that would like give them trouble if Aaron Rodgers, like even with Aaron Rodgers, it'd be tough. Like without Aaron Rodgers, like you have to play Seattle, Minnesota. Um, Minnesota actually beat them last season or two in the regular season. Seattle is always a tough team for them to face, and the Rams are still a very good team. Obviously, the Packers beat them in the playoffs, but without Rodgers, it's going to be tough. So, yeah, Joe, like what are you thinking? Like obviously, without Rodgers, like and with Rodgers, what are you, so what, what's your pick? I guess, Ujan, like if the if Rodgers isn't playing. I think uh, the Packers would be about uh, 8-19 uh, without Rodgers. Wow, that's still pretty solid. It should be noted that you were talking about Seattle. This is the, the matchup against Seattle would be in Green Bay, and Seattle seems to always struggle in Green Bay. The, uh, Joe talked about the 2014 NFC Championship game. That was in Seattle. Green Bay seems to always struggle in Seattle. Seattle always seems to struggle in Green Bay. So I think – right regardless of quarterback uh, they should at least be beat Seattle and knowing Seattle they seem to be pretty inconsistent so they always have one of those they always seem to have weird results and like any given in any week and I just think uh Green Bay will at least beat Seattle but at least that's one constant okay so on on my end if if Aaron Rodgers is there I I still think it's a tough season they are playing the NFC West, which is arguably the toughest division in football, they they really have four teams. I think I think Frisco will be better this year, so they have four teams that can really challenge you on both ends of the ball, uh, offensively and defensively. And then they play the AFC North. That's another tough division. Uh, you obviously have Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland are are competitive, and, and Cincinnati's up and coming. Then the NFL did them no favors by scheduling Kansas City as their additional game this year. So I think even with Rodgers, I would have them at at about twelve and five, which which should be enough to win the division, but it won't certainly be enough to get the buy. Without Aaron Rodgers, I would probably put them, they're still a good team uh, in terms of the supporting cast. So, so it won't be throwing Jordan Love or Blake Bortles, whoever gets the week one nod, to the Wolves per se, but it, it just won't be easy. Aaron Rodgers covers up a lot of flaws with his game management and precision. So I would have them at about seven and 10 without Aaron Rodgers. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's our take on the NFL. Um, obviously we, uh, we did the Patriots preview and then we 
look through the Packers just very quickly. So last topic, just the NBA and the Celtics. I'm, I bit them last because they deserve the least amount of coverage right now. They are horrible. Um, obviously, the Jalen Brown news, it's unfortunate out for the season. But really, honestly, even if he was playing, let's be real, this team was going nowhere. Um, they beat Minnesota today. Yay. Yay. What a great win. Very inspiring win. Jason Tatum with 26 points. And they finished off the season against New York tomorrow. They're going to be the play-in round, likely playing Charlotte. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, hopefully they can at least win in the play-in round, and then I guess that secures them the seventh seed, right? And then they have to face uh, Brooklyn. Honestly, I, I'd rather just see them miss the playoffs altogether than not have to just be humiliated, humiliated by the Nets and Kyrie and everyone. So, yeah, I don't know. The Celtics, it was just a very disappointing season. Danny Ainge better be making moves. He did say that he was going to do that on the uh, local radio show. He's going to be making some major moves. Something needs to change. I don't know what it is in- entirely. Like if you trade Jalen, one of I, I think you keep Tatum, but maybe you shop around Jalen and see if you can get someone else. It doesn't seem like those two really mesh together. Is Brad Stevens really the answer for you at this point? Um, I think you might have to investigate a coaching swap. Look at what happened with Philadelphia, replacing Brett Brown with uh, Doc Rivers. Some Philly is now the one seed. Look like a t- completely different team now with a good, respectable coach. I think Brad is a good coach, but for some reason, he just doesn't seem to do well like once he has a star player. So I don't know. That's my thoughts on the Celtics. That's what I'm just going to say. NBA playoffs are starting up. I'm honestly not that enthusiastic about them at this point. Like, I don't really care. Like, the Celtics are just bad. They'll probably lose in round one, probably get swept by the Nets. Maybe if they're lucky, they win one game against the Nets, but. Yeah, it's just a very disappointing season altogether. I'm extremely disappointed by this team, especially after what happened last season. You made it to the conference finals, underachieved against Miami, and you follow it up with this type of season. Extremely disappointing. I'd give them like an F for their performance this season. That's how bad it was. But yeah, that's my take on the Celtics. Ujan, what are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I tend to agree with most of what you said. Um, I'm not really looking forward to the playing round. I guess the silver lining is... If you don't, if you lose the playing round as a seven seed, you still have another chance at at least being the eight seed. But then playing Philadelphia, I don't have my, I'm not very excited about that. Playing Brooklyn, not excited about that. Um, maybe like one game if you're lucky too, but that's kind of a stretch. But I'll be honest with you, um, it's just really gonna be. I'm I'm just bracing for an early exit in the playoffs and looking forward to the off season, I guess. Yes, I, I tend to agree, uh, again, uh, with most of the things you guys are saying. I, I would like to note, though, that the Charlotte Hornets and Wizards are tied at 33 and 38, so there is a potential that they would have to face Russell Westbrook in that play-in game, and I, I do not like their odds against the Wizards. They are surging. If they were to play the Hornets, I do like them in a one-game scenario. And and then, but ultimately, like you guys said, they they just, they don't have much of a shot against these Nets who are now back to fully healthy with their big three. So, so they probably are, uh, by my estimation, the favorite in the East. I know they're not the one, but this is a superstar-driven league, and that's the team with the most superstars. So I, I don't see them getting past Brooklyn. Maybe they win one game. But, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a disappointing year, and they just seem very disinterested, particularly on the defensive end. 
and they they have not been able to to keep their focus and composure for 48 minutes too often. They have runs here and there, but but you just you don't play you don't win and lose on the basis of 12 to 24 minutes. You win on the basis of 48. So so their record might be a lot better if it was based on 24 minutes. But but they they do, especially with Brown being out too. That's another thing. They they just haven't been able to maintain their health. They have the most games missed due to COVID of any team in the league, and it's just been uh, a disappointing year. And and I, I agree with Amartya. They they need to make some moves this off season because this core group of players just has not worked out for them. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's our Celtics take. And anyways, that's going to do it for this week. Obviously, we talked about a lot. It was great having you guys on. Joe, hopefully you can come back on again at some point. Thank you for coming on. Hope you had a good time. But um, no, this Thank was a great. That's it for this week. Obviously, um, the Bruins are starting tonight. Hopefully they start off with a win in Washington, D.C. Hopefully the Red Sox continue to play well. And we won't really know about the Patriots until January or so. And hopefully the Celtics make some moves. But that's it for this week. Stay tuned next week. Week, uh, when we are back um, covering the next week in sports news. So until then, have a great week, everyone, and we'll talk again later. Bye.